It's 6 a.m. Rise and shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Wednesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Wednesday edition, Boone Hump Day edition of the grind. Excited to be in here and uh, and, and hump day is a good thing uh, halfway through the week and uh, draft day eve as it were. How you doing man? Doing well. I'm excited about being closer to this uh very unusual draft coming up. Yeah, I. Uh, it's funny, you know. They've done a lot of different things as far as you know. They they've talked to different people and and looked at their little setup. And and it's funny, they actually some of the agents and some of of the networks have sent out what they're calling draft packs that have like a little. They've got like a phone and a tripod and a and all kinds of these little things to to really kind of try to make it something, uh, but. Nonetheless, tomorrow will be the the 2020 draft, and and the funny thing is, you know, it, everybody looks at it as, oh, well, they're not going to be in the, in, in you know, wherever they're going to be, whether it's Radio City Music Hall or whether it's in Nashville or or New York, whatever. But a little side piece, nobody's going to be together, you know, like the war room that is, you know, um. Basically, my understanding is everybody's going to be kind of remote. Like, there's not going to be a uh, a conference room that has the GM, owner, and all this stuff together. Uh, I I think you'll see teams that uh, you you know a couple, uh, three of the big players will be together just to kind of probably try to keep down problems. But uh, Boone, uh, it will be interesting to say the least. But uh, yesterday, uh, a little bit of a curve came out as as the draft will be impacted by Tom Brady uh, there there again. And yesterday, Rob Gronkowski, the rumor came out early in the day that he was interested in possibly coming out of retirement but wanted to be traded from the Patriots. Uh, he has two years left on his deal. Uh, it, it's a, it's a, I think it's maybe maybe one year left on his deal, $9 million dollars. And uh, and he only wanted to play for one team, Boone. You, you gotta you gotta guess at what team that might have been. The team that had the quarterback that maybe he had caught a lot of passes from, possibly. So so just to just to clarify, Rob Gronkowski has caught twice as many co- touchdown passes from Tom Brady as anybody else. And and so if you look at it from that standpoint, he knows where his bread's buttered. And yeah, he said, "I'm going to play for the Bucks, or I'm not going to play." And uh, and you know what the Patriots kind of obliged him. I thought I thought honestly, uh, Gronkowski kind of pushed Patriots buttons, and the Patriots lost this battle. They they traded Gronk for a fourth round pick. I just I did not think Belichick would be. He's always got a button to push, and when he pushes that button, it's going to help him. Teeny bit of me says maybe he's ready just to kind of move on. I think he's just one of those, you know, he understands that Gronk makes the game better, you know, because he is fun to watch. I mean, he's a monster. 
but he's fun to watch. He's better than the fourth rounder, I'll tell you that. Well, and I think it was just one of those deals where uh, the Patriots, Robert Kraft, the whole deal, they've had enough bad publicity. They just said, you know what, if he wants to play and it ain't here, well, that's fine. We We probably don't have the cap space to really cover it anyway. We've got the rights to his contract. This will be an olive branch. Here you go. Go play, and we'll see what happens. You know what else? Belichick is, is rightfully so very confident in his ability to shake the bushes, to check all these different places. And I'm sure a little voice in his said, head said, oh, man, I've got a fourth rounder that nobody knows about, and this guy should be a second rounder, so I'm going to go ahead and do this. Yeah, and, and you know what? Rob Gronkowski wasn't a, a sure sure thing when they drafted him. So, you, you know, I think, you know, what, nine years ago? I think he, he came in the league about nine years ago. Came out of that little school. Where was it? Was it West? Uh, oh, see, I thought he played at Arizona. I'd have to look Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. But um, what I'm saying is, yeah, you're exactly right. Bill Belichick doesn't – he doesn't – there's only been one really star power that he's ever pulled, and that's been Brady. You know, he's paid Brady. He's done what he needs to do there. But, uh, yeah, Gronk wasn't wasn't going to get a raise or get any kind of extra from the Patriots, and, and, and I just think they let him loose. So uh, we'll see if, if the Magic can come back with Tom Brady and, and Rob Gronkowski, but they will be playing in Tampa together and not in the friendly confines of, uh, uh, of Gillette Stadium. So uh, I thought it was interesting. Adam Schefter was reporting it yesterday, and I'm like – well, it's real because Schefter's talking about it, but is this really happening? But I don't know why. It doesn't shock me at all. It, 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 it Honestly, when it happened yesterday, I went, wow, I kind of saw this coming. Because they didn't really herald Gronkowski's retirement as a real thing. It was more of one of those, I'm going to take a year or two off, I'm going to let my body kind of heal up a little bit, and then I'm going to come back. Well, the expectation was he would always come back to the Patriots. So I think the only gap in here is that he's that he's going to Tampa. It's I'm going to go ahead and say this. It's going to be an unusual choice of a venue. The reason I say that is I'm going to be staring at that TV, looking at the jerseys these two guys are wearing. My mind's thinking Pats, and I'm going to see these spotted cats going to be different, isn't it? It's a little different. But, yeah, he went to Arizona. He was a uh, second-round pick, 42nd overall in 2010. So that's his, uh, that's his tenure in, the, uh, in, in what, he, what he did in college. And then he, he had played his entire uh, nine-year career with the Patriots, 2010 to 2018, and uh, now he'll be with the Buccaneers. He is a three-time Super Bowl champion, four-time first-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, uh, he's on the NFL 100th anniversary all-time team. Uh, he is a 2010 decade player. Uh, he is uh, the NFL receiving touchdowns leader in 2011. He was the comeback player of the year in 2014. And he was a uh, third-team All-American and a first-team All-Pac-10 in 2008. So, he's a, I mean, he's a heralded guy. I mean, and, and like I said, it's an instant easy button for Tom Brady because this guy knows how – you know, you can go anywhere. The terminology can be whatever it needs to be. The up and out will always be uh, Tom to Gronk. I mean, it's it's going to work that way. Gronk's unusual. Well, you know, I, I think of finesse. I think of a very intelligent mind. I think of using the physicality of his body. I've never seen anybody just use their body better. He's clever. He's sneaky. 
But wouldn't like you, what, don't you think the really big thing about him is what he does after he gets that ball in his hands? Oh, absolutely. Especially if he comes in with that big bionic arm-looking thing that he that yeah he that, that big brace or whatever. I, I'm pretty sure he put like steel beams in that thing when he played for the Patriots. It's just, a we, it's a weapon, just so he can knock people out. But nonetheless, it, it kind of shakes the draft up. And what I'm 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 really expecting to be kind of a lackluster draft because of the the virtual side of it. I think it's going to be hard to get trades done, to get the deals done uh, in time. In the in the in the, you know, instead of being in a in a room to where you can kind of pass and tweet and do all this deal, uh, I think it's going to be virtual. Uh, and 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 we'll see if if there's still some some discussion to be had there. But nonetheless, is I I kept looking and and you know I saw John Elway on on the Denver Broncos little network or whatever do the thing the surprise, other surprise surprise you looking at the Broncos I know right uh, hey well you know what I go to good sources to check my information but um, I watched it on the Broncos network and he was showing like in his dining room he has like a a, a screen right and and he can he can. I don't know. It's it's weird. Like there's a little screen in his background. And he can make his background whatever he wants. It's like a little green screen for his living room. And so he was, you know, he had him a little Broncos logo thing back behind him, and and it was funny because the the logo and and the background looked real, and he looked fake, which was the exact opposite of what was reality. <laughs> but what I was saying is Boone, you know, and and kind of talking a little off air. Uh, is this really like a new thing, this virtual thing, or is this honestly an ode to the past? I mean, you know, you look back on some of the, the early drafts, and it was like, you know, kid came in from class on a, on a you know, a, a spring, spring day, and they said, oh, you've been drafted by such and such. You know, you're now a Chicago Bear. You know, it wasn't the, the heralded thing that it is today or was, you know, last year. So is this a is this a little bit of throwback? Everybody's going to be at home. Everybody's going to be with their family. I don't think anybody's going to be in a three piece suit. You know, is this is this a little bit of throwback uh, in here in twenty twenty? You don't think they'll really dress up at home with their own little parties? Well, I mean, I think they'll be like Brett Favre level dressed up, like jeans and a t shirt. I'm not going to miss the the wildly pink tuxedos, and really? things like that. Really, I, I would have expected that was one of your favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Nah. Yeah, it's you're right. It's it's different. I mean, uh, they haven't. Nothing's normal about it. It's going to be interesting to look at it. They swear uh, they've ironed out all the kinks. They only had one or two when they had their like practice mock draft. But uh, the delays. Did you see the thing about the delays? If uh, I think people are almost psychologically afraid to trade up because they're afraid it might take too long and then they might have a kink in the procedure. Are you thinking about that at all? I, I think, honestly, I think they're still going to attempt some of this stuff. I still think they're going to get a little wild and crazy, but I think they're going to know what they want if they get it. It's going to be, if I get the trade up, this is who I'm taking. If I don't, I know who I'm taking down there. And and, and they're just going to be a little bit more sure-handed about it. But, but no, I... Uh, I'm excited to see if if everything can hold together because technology is such that when everybody tries to overload one location, it gets a little hairy. And so I'll be interested what what what's been put in place, how the, have they tested? I mean, because Lord knows we've we've been down this road. I can't tell you how many times this past season we do a pregame show. We would do a 
you know, we're, we're looking, we're whatever. And then when a lot of people would log on, things would be different. So is it going to be one of those deals? It's just, I hope the, the glitches and, and, you know, take this for what it is. I hope the glitches happen on the, how do you feel about playing for this team side of things versus the, and the third pick and the TV goes black. Well, think about it work. I mean, uh, suddenly we'll be overloaded there without expecting it. And then, like you said, here on the radio, and the, the more numbers involved, the more chance of errors. Uh, I'm always interested in it. I'm going to watch it. But it, it, it's weird because no pro days, no private workouts. Of course, uh, pandemics changed all of that. There's a four-word saying that might come into play, uh, more emotions, more mistakes. You got these egotistical uh, big dogs wanting this certain player, and uh, they get all emotional about it and go with the heart and not the head. But uh, it's really going to be interesting, especially the first round. Uh, Yeah, and and I think it's going to be volatile because I think as pieces come off the board, it's going to completely change everybody's board, you know, like – because there's there's a lot of discussion about Tua's draftability. Is he is he as high as everybody thinks he is, or is is it one of those that Justin Herbert or, or Bryce Love could slide on up? Do you ever remember a player getting this much discussion in recent years? No, because he blew he blew out one ankle, then he blew out another ankle, and when you think of hip, which player do you think about? Bo Bo Jackson. I mean, you're not playing around when you mess with that hip. He's super super. They yeah, but he's also not a running back. Uh, I mean, a hip at the quarterback position is very important. But what I'm saying is he shouldn't be – the Bo in today's game would have been just fine. You know what I'm saying? There's technology. There's 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 medicine that would have fixed that. But, Did you see where Deion Sanders went off the deep end and just fell in love with him? He's like the best quarterback. Oh, I, I hadn't seen that. But but Deion, Deion's emotional about everything. Yeah. His big thing was there's more film out there. There's three years of film. He makes quick decisions. He's a rhythmic quarterback. He can get into a rhythm, and if you fit him with the right offense, it's going to be totally awesome. But, uh, oh, he was giving Burrell. Of course, now Burrell, according to Vegas, you'll have to bet $100,000. Say you and I want to earn $100. We're not betting people, but this is the way it goes. We want to bring home $100,000. Vegas has got it fixed where we'd basically have to bet I mean, a $100 bill is what I'm trying to say. You'd have to bet $100,000 uh, to bring home $100 because everybody's just decided there's no way at Burroughs doesn't he's go a fix. first. Oh, you're, you're talking about where he's going to be drafted. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure the Bengals jersey's in the mail. I think he may already have the playbook. I, I'm just joking on that. But I, I'm I, there's a foregone conclusion. He's going one. Now, if somebody trades up to take the one away – Yes, he could go somewhere else, but my opinion is no, he's going to be a Bengal, and and honestly, that's the question mark that I have with him. Are um, you worried about him having? I mean, he didn't do good at Ohio State in his first year at LSU. He did not do good, but the one year that counted, he was totally off the charts as far as passing records. Mm-hmm. But in the argument Dion had was there's three good years of uh, video film on uh, Tua, but then again, it's. Uh, what have you done lately? No, no one has reached the levels that he has. The predictions had uh, Burrow only being, uh, let's see, Burrow was all pro, 
you know how they rate them the top two. Uh, Tua was uh, Tua's ranked higher, which is weird, but he's not going to get drafted. Based on what I read, he's going to get drafted like seventh or eighth or somewhere. I think in there. he's going to go to the Dolphins. I just really do. I think he's going to go. I think they're going to pull that trigger. And I, I don't like that fit. To be honest with you, but I, I think it's a, it's, it's probably good for the Dolphins, just not really good for Tua. But what do you think is going to be the biggest surprise in the first round there tomorrow night? Because we'll be able to talk about the second and third round Friday morning. But what do you, what are you looking at as, as something that's just nobody's talking about, nobody's, nobody's looking there, but he's going to be the Daniel Jones of the draft or. Is it going to be the flip side of it? Is it going to be an Aaron Rodgers where, you know, Tua slides, you know, down into the 20s or, or maybe, or maybe you know, a guy uh, that was expected to be right up there uh, kind of falls down the path because he didn't have the, the ability uh, to show film and, and to do pro days and do all those things. Anybody shock you uh, for tomorrow night? Well, uh, I – I th- I think well first of all I think uh, there's going to be a ton of juniors which to me is kind of unusual. Um, I'm going to say the first 14 picks. I'm going to say 10 of them are actually juniors instead really? of seniors. It th- this class is just totally loaded. But I I had one interesting guy. And it, it's so freak I can't even believe. And I'm going to go ahead and admit this and bring it up. But he's a wide receiver for TCU. Uh, Jalen Rieger, he's a he's a freak. He's got that Randy Moss esque freak athletic ability. He had like a forty two inch vertical, eleven uh, six broad jump. Now the weird thing, you ready for this, Wayno? He's had like the worst quarterback who's ever walked onto a college football field, and that's why I'm picking him. I'm thinking if if dude can get one hundred forty eight catches. Almost 2,300 yards, 22 touchdowns, and he only had 25 starts. What's going to happen when they get him in there with a really good quarterback? It's all about that fit. It's all about yeah, that fit. Yeah, it, it's got to be an offense that, that he fits with. But uh, the quarterback play he's had to deal with is just, just atrocious. He's, he's really good, uh, kind of a little bit about Gronk. He's physical when he gets it and that kind of thing. But – Jalen Rieger. Now, now that's a wild card there. But Mark I'm, it down. I'm going to throw it out there. Mark it down. We'll see what happens there in, on Thursday night. But, hey, let's get to a break. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, we had an opportunity yesterday to talk to a former Maryville Scott. We had an opportunity to talk to one that played in the 70s, coached in the 70s, Mr. Craig Arcos. Ernie Arcos is how we, we talked to him there yesterday. But we'll talk the interview and uh, and enjoy. It's it's a good interview. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss it. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. 
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back to the WKVL studios here at Rocky Top Sports. But Boone, you know, yesterday afternoon we had an opportunity uh, to do a little call in, do a little discussion there with uh, another former Maryville College player. You know, you just seem to you can pull these from from out of every bookcase you've got. Uh, but but Mr. Ernie Arcos, hey man, how you doing? Former defensive tackle and assistant coach for the for the Scots. Doing great. Beautiful day in Savannah. Can't beat the weather. Enjoying the day sitting out on my porch. Looking forward to talking to you guys. Hey, it, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, it was a, it's a great day. Honestly, I, I you, you started out pretty rough. We were in here at six a.m., went out at seven, and it had rained. So I, I'm just excited that it that it got a little nicer than it was this morning. But uh, man, you know, it, it's one of those we've talked to you a little bit off the air about about some things that were going on at Maryville College when you were there. Uh, some some kind of cool stories, and I hope we can get all these back on there. But uh, you were again part of that that that. I don't know what would you call it, Boone? Golden Age there yeah. of of Maryville College that uh, dynasty. Well, that that return to good kind of kind of level when you went from uh, return from, from the dead. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's that's pretty much the, the summed it up because we were about written off. The university wanted to write us off. That's for sure. You know, uh, and Maryville, by the way, thank God, is such a great academic school, and I really owe a lot to that. But it's like at one time, athletics was particularly. Looked at, athletes were looked down on. Uh, I graduated. When I went to graduate college, kind of starting at the end here, uh, I was a history major, and, and I had a, got my degree in secondary education. And I'd been to school in, London, in England for a while during my senior year. Anyway, I went to ask the head of the education department, Dr. Marion Polo, for a recommendation. So I get this letter. And, of course, the letter from the history department and all the, all the other letters I got were really good letters. So I figured this would be another good one to have so when I go looking for a job. So I get the letter, I open it up, and, it's, and it says, I've, I've had a chance to work and know Craig very closely, and I would like to note, for an athlete, he is a very intelligent person. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So that gives you an idea what we were up against when we went to school there. 
So you had not and, received too many hits in the old noggin up to that time, had you? No. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, we, you know, uh, Coach Kadars, uh, what was his name? Kadars was, I can't even say it now. The coach that coached recruited me and a bunch of the other guys. There was a hundred of us our freshman year came in for three day practices. Was it was it all hundred from the state of Florida? It seems like between no. Coach Iruli, Ohio, Ohio, <laughs> New Jersey. That's that's Florida, interesting. Between primarily. between Coach Iruli and 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 Earl, man, it was seemed like Florida was taking over. Well, yeah, uh, Florida for a long time, and and they had the contacts through wrestling and all. They were getting a lot of guys out of New Jersey that wrestled and played football. And then they got some guys out of Ohio, and then they did some recruiting out of Kentucky. But there were really specific areas. Maribel used to come down to Florida every year and send their recruiters from the school to go around to the high schools in Florida to recruit. And they did the same thing up in New Jersey and stuff. And so we, got a, we, got, we attained a lot of good student-athletes. That never heard of this place. Did you and, come out of Florida, Ernie? Yeah, I played. Uh, in fact, one of the reasons Booner and I have been talking lately is because one of our teammates and one of my closest friends since I've been 15, uh, Lee Taylor, passed away the other day. And uh, so it got all of us to talking again. A Captain. Bit. Good leader. But, uh, yeah, and uh, Lee and I played high school football together in Cocoa Beach. Oh, wow. Nice place to play, and, right? Oh, yeah, you know, if we weren't playing football, we were running on the beach or surfing <laughs> or, or, or playing football on the beach. It, it was a hard life. I know, right? I, but <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about that recruitment because we talked with Tony, we talked with Earl, now we'll talk with yep. you, Ernie, about, about what that looked like. You know, did you, did, what was the look of – were you looking to stay in state and then just Maryville kind of came down there and took you away? Or what that look like? Well, you know – we were very tight. There was a group of us very tight in high school. And just like Maribel, I was at Cocoa Beach at the right time. My father ran the Holiday Inn there. And that's why we got transferred to Cocoa Beach my uh, junior year. And I had played previously played high school football in Macon uh, at, at Old Willingham High School. And a uh, very famous football coach, coach there, is now in the Georgia Hall of Fame for his coaching, uh, Billy Henderson. And uh, so I go down to Florida and get on in the, in, the, in, in, in the summer there and start playing. And I told him I wanted to be a – I said, I played linebacker. So I start playing. And they finally realized I really wasn't a linebacker, so they made me a defensive <laughs> tackle. But Lee and I have been very close friends. And uh, we graduate, you know, we got done playing that year in the, in the spring – uh, the coaches started asking us, are you interested in going to college? Would you like some recruiters to talk to you? And they made contacts with people they knew. And then we had, you know, whether it's Coast Guard Academy or other division, some Division One, a lot of Division Two schools calling or coming by the, you know, coming by the campus at the high school and talking to us. And, um, you know, it was sort of like, you know, you were doing going through all this, but you really didn't think about it being real if you know what I mean. Uh, you just thought it was fun conversation. Yeah. And, you know, and I know I wanted to go to college. And I said, you know what, it'd be kind of fun to play football and go to college at the same time. And so I went to a couple of campuses. And then finally uh, got Coach Kardashian asked me to come up there and spend the weekend. And 
course, you got up there, they hook you up with some of the senior players and some other people. Was Earl one of the seniors, him and Costner and those guys, talked to you? Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. and uh, we, a bunch of us ended up going up to the mountains one day and just doing different things. Got done with the weekend, and I had so much fun up there and how beautiful it was, from, so different from being growing up on a beach. Yeah, see, we, we think the other way, man. <laughs> We're like, man, I that know. beach would be pretty nice. You know, and I spent most of my life growing up on the beach, living on the beach. So, you know, this is cool, man. You know, mountains and all. Everybody's friendly up here. Looks like a good time. Notice I'm not talking about academic excellence right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that came later. That's awesome. Anyway, anyway, so I said, yeah, I'll go to school there. So I signed a letter of intent. And they had, at the end of the senior year, they had an assembly, and the principal asked everybody to stand. They talked sport by sport who was all going to, to college on a scholarship. And what made all this unique is Cocoa Beach, we were put, we, they created a new conference our senior year, Space Coast Conference, and we were the first conference champs of the new conference. Oh, nice. So having firsts had, didn't just happen at Maryville, first happened at Cocoa Beach. Right. So, but anyway, so they call out my name, and I stand up. Going to Barrable College, football, you know, play football and, you know, leadership scholarship and all that stuff. And then they call Lee's name. I go, what? I didn't know Lee was going there. <laughs> well, it turned out there was a guy named Billy Baggett who was a running back for Maryville, had gone to Cocoa Beach High School as well. And he had told, Billy had told Coach Cardassian about Lee, and they were watching the films, and they saw me. So they tried to they went to they proceeded to recruit me as well as Lee, but I didn't know they were recruiting Lee at the time. That's that's it, funny. You know, they talk about it like nowadays, like everybody knows who's recruiting who. They they know at each position, like even even the hierarchy of where you're at. But back in the day, even as as late as the '90s, people were like, "Oh, they recruited you too. That's cool." They said at Tennessee, yeah. they said at Tennessee one year, uh, Travis Henry, Travis Stevens. And one other guy walked in the first time they knew that, and Jamal Lewis. And they didn't know they were on the same team until they walked in the the the, the dorm room there. That that is amazing <laughs> how they didn't keep you know yeah but everything was more close to the chest you know. Ernie, they, what was what was amazing is uh, I come in there, you and Lee are the starting defensive tackles, captains, and you would scold us and. It'd be a really, really hot day. You didn't want to be there, and a little teeny voice said, "Let's just kind of get through this." And you guys wouldn't let us do that. And uh, but that was a, a great time. But like you said, we went downhill after Earl left, had the nation's longest losing streak, and financially we were we were just about to go out of business. Had it not been for Harold Lambert, Coach Lambert's dad, and Tuck Bradford with the Maryville Daily Times. Really keeping us afloat with the bills, paying the bills, if you will, and uh, they saved the Maryville College. And we well, we dug out of that losing streak. We were tops in Division Three with an eleven-game losing streak. I know. Well, and, and and you know, during those years we traveled because budget was so tight, and there was very little money allocated to football back then, especially that we had some local bus line out of Maryville called B and C. And we used to call them the beat and cheat bus line. <laughs> I mean, those that bus, I don't think we ever went more than 65 miles an hour wherever we went. What had all it you guys on it? I mean, it was kind of loaded down. 
had to go over that yeah. mountain. <laughs> Do you remember that <laughs> game in uh, remember that game in North Carolina? We would always stop and eat our paper bag lunch, and then uh, we played somebody over there. The guy had to have like uh, he was about to get a thousand yards on us. Do you remember Gilford. that game? Yeah, Gilford. Gilford. We couldn't remember that the other day. I was saying Gilbert, but it was Gilford College, and his name was Bucky. Huh. Really good running Bucky. back. Did he get really the thousand on us? Back. I can't remember. No, we stuffed him. <laughs> uh, That's we, my memory, and I'm sticking to our it. Defense, our defense only allowed an average of 14 points that whole season. Our, my senior year, we were top 10 in the nation defense. And people just didn't run on us. That was just a matter of fact. And uh, Ernie, that Ernie game, what, was that, what was that story you said about the, the defensive strategy, something about the lineman or something? The quarterback would well, run the opposite direction, set the, you up? and That was Millsap's game. We played two of the top ten Division three schools our senior year, and one was Millsap's. I think they were ranked number three. And they came in to play us. It was a very rainy, mud, rainy overcast day. The field turned into mud. And that was one of the reasons he couldn't scramble. The quarterback was very good at scrambling. He was very elusive. And uh, uh, the defensive head coach uh, created a, a scheme that day to curtail his scrambling. And that was when he scrambled, whatever what direction he scrambled, the backside tackle and end would drop back and play as a linebacker and play containment versus rushing. Hmm. That must have freaked him out to be thinking pass and saying, wait a minute, why are there seven people in the defensive backfield floating around back there? Yeah. Well, it cut him off, and he couldn't scramble that day. And uh, we sacked him a number of times that day, got a few fumble recoveries that day and all sorts of things because that defensive scheme, it blocked, it locked him in. He could not escape that day. Do you remember ruining other people? Do you remember ruining some uniforms? We slid like fifty and sixty feet in the mud and water after the game, just running was, forty yard sprints well, because, and diving. The, the, well, it was such a big wind force, you know. Be, you know that was the that was the first we beat, beat them, and then we played Hampton Sydney later and beat them, and that, you know, and knocking those guys off both out of home field that year uh, was a, was a big thing, considering we had eleven game losing streak before that you know it felt longer actually than 11 games <laughs> right ernie well but, it's, it always seems longer when you're in it but uh but ernie talk about a little bit you know maybe maybe mention uh a little bit about what a big moment in your in your playing days but then let's let's talk about the 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 coaching side of things you had a pretty cool recruiting story yeah um you know i came up there to play offensive tackle and it's amazing how things change. You know, in high school, you can block the heck out of anybody, right? <laughs> and you go to college, the next level, and all of a sudden, those guys get a lot bigger. Quick, yeah, <laughs> you're not as quick and as fast as you were down below. They're, hey, they're just as quick and fast and strong, you know. And so it's like, okay, so I was playing offense the first couple of years. They just don't appreciate yeah. our five four speed, do they, Ernie? <laughs> no. <laughs> I used to have four nines, and then I got my ankles busted up. I never got that back. But anyway, uh, Coach uh, Case, he was an ex-Marine, and he was the defensive coordinator at the time. He coached at Carson and, Newman's in the uh, several yeah. colleges, Ole Miss. Uh, Vanderbilt, a lot of places. Great defensive back places. coach. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I, every day, like a lot of us, we'd go out and run five miles on the off season, then we'd go hit the weight room. 
and, and work out for another two or three hours. That was, you know, between side study, and that's what we did. And I was running up the hill, you know, that, that goes down to uh, the president's home. Because that was the trail a lot of us ran. I'm running up one day, and Case comes by in the car and rolls down the window. I want to make. I want to put you on defense. You okay with that? I go. Yeah, I'll do it. So, junior switched over to defense. You know, case like people that showed. You know, putting forth an extra effort. Right, right, and that that's you know. that's pretty cool. Because uh, again, I think that side of it, because everybody's worried about recruiting and texting and tweeting and all that stuff. Uh, some of that being able to see that extra effort sometimes uh, a little blurry maybe today. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I've been so far removed from any from uh, secondary sports at all and for years. I don't have a real good touch of that anymore, how it is, you know. Right. I've got to think athletes are the same as they've always been. You, you know, they're the, most time they're the ones that, yeah, they do the score, but then they, they put another three or four hours in a day getting pr- pr- you know doing what they need to do to be a, the best they can in their sport. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know. But once you once you got done playing, Ernie, you, you stepped into the coaching ranks and 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 became. You were head recruiter at one point, right? No, I was head scout. Head um, scout. Sorry. Yeah, what I yeah I they would send me and another fellow. We used to call Cooter. Oh, everybody knows and, Cooter. Uh, Everybody's got a Cooter. You know, and uh, we would go to the we would go every Saturday to the team we were going to play the following week. And we'd exchange game films and stuff with the players, with with the other team. And then we'd get up in the press box and chart all the tendencies and bring the reports back to the coaches on Sunday so they could start working on a game plan for the following week. And, you know, playing football is one thing, but then getting up there and starting to chart tendencies and look and look for how people play different positions and what formations they're in and what situations – put a whole new light on the game for me. It's a full-time job trying to track all the different formations on certain downs, is it not, Ernie? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, then we'd watch a lot of films the beginning of the week to break it down more. But the four years I played, I was never doing any of that. I had a fundamental knowledge of the game as far as how overall played and what each position needed to do, but never that detailed before, you know, about really, you know, the science of it and the methods, but, you know, the different skill sets each player had to have and what they needed to be doing on a given play to make, to shut somebody down or to, you know, you know, run yards, you know, make, advance the ball. Now, what was, so you, it was really interesting. What was you saying? There was a story about, uh, you got lost one time. Yeah. Um, we were up and I can't remember exactly. We were either in Hampton or Sydney Washington Lee, and we were scouting the game that were for the following week there. But on the way back, we were we had planned to stop at Emory and Henry because it was about their seventh game of the season, and we were going to go over to Emory Henry, and we figured we'd get there by halftime. So we're booking it down the road, and we could have got on the Blue Ridge Parkway, but we decided, you know. Nice weather. We got plenty of time. Let's just take 441. Well, the further we went on 441, the further we got away from the Blue Ridge Parkway, the darker it got. And all of a sudden, the fog started up on the side of the mountain. Because 441 
goes through the mountain, winds through the mountains. Well, we're running late, you know, number one. Number two, the fog sets in. We, we got the lights on and everything else, and we can't see three feet in front of the car. <laughs> so we finally end up at the game with about two minutes to go, and we're getting our tails beat. And so you, we're, in, we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're shocked. We're stunned, like the team is, because we hadn't lost a game all year. So you, know, you, you brought the bad luck, is what you're saying. I, is that I, not being, no, yeah, not being there that day was the bad was luck. The I get they, it. Was the reason they lost. See, can't can't do new things. I'm just kidding. It's kind of like hey, it's like anything. You get on that streak, you got to go down the same road. You got to put the leg in the pants the same way. You got to wear the same socks. Wash them, of course, but wear the same socks. But uh, but no, Ernie, that that's awesome. That that you know, you've came up here from Florida, had had your opportunities here at Maryville College, made the most of them. Was part of a great time here at Maryville College, but then also post graduate, kind of did some things. Uh, to to kind of continue that and and to have a different perspective on football, but uh, you got any good Booner stories? Like we like burning him down if we can. <laughs> hey, he, he brought me good luck. Well, you know, at, uh... he the thing with the thing with him was he oh, was boy. so quiet, and neat back then. Yeah, way back then. Did you like, say? Yeah, did you say neat? Neat? You know, he or meek? Neat. Did you neat. say neat or meek? M e e k. <laughs> yeah, he he lost that somewhere down Broadway or, or on Washington. I don't know. Somewhere he lost that, but back then he was just a quiet, you know, you know, guy out, you know, uh, being a tight end, you know, trying to make the squad. You know, I I, uh, I really got to know him a little more my, my my the year I coached, like I did a lot of the players, like Serrati and a bunch of the other guys when I was coaching him at that time. You got to know him on a different level, and even that was sort of a. One day after season, in the spring, Jordan comes up to me and calls me in his office. And goes, "You coming back? I see. You, I heard you have to come back to school to finish up uh, your degree. You, you got another credit or two to get, right?" Yeah, I got one more. He says, "Well, while you're here, you want to coach?" I said, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so, and also Ken Hanna. He, Ken Hanna had to come back for one more term. And Paul Murphy. So, yeah. And, hey, you and, brought and, me so, some good luck down there at Carson Newman, didn't you? Do what now? Remember that. Uh, Carson Newman game, the trips, you were an innovative offensive guy there. Yeah, well, not our, not our first. The first game we went to Carson Newman and played, it was the first time I ever called a playoff uh, a game offensively. And that was a whole different experience because, you know, you've done this in practice and you've been around it all these years and you have your own ideas of how to run it off. And all of a sudden, you've got your charts, you got your fifth, first 15 plays charted out, you know what you're going to do. You know, but then the real thing happens. <laughs> And you're not in the press box where you can see down. You're on the sidelines. And back then we had no te- we had no aids, technical aids or audiovisual or whatever, <laughs> artificial intelligence, whatever they got today. And there's nobody up in the press box where you keep coaching the JV team calling stuff down to you either. It's just you've got, you know, me and Cooter and a couple other guys on the sideline trying to make this thing work. And, uh, you know, we, we scored, I think, uh, that first game about – three or four touchdowns we lost but it was still a lot of fun do you remember calling really cool. uh do you remember that trips where you sent three people on the same side and yeah. cleared the zone out well, and you dragged the, you dragged me the, on the back side and i got my first score there touchdown yep well that was the game at Maryville, the second time we played carson newman that year and i go back to the other thing real quick what was really fun my year i coached all these colleges i'd go to whether it was Millsaps or or, or Georgetown, 
or Carson Newman, all these other teams had guys like me and Ken held over to coach the following year, too. So I'd run into all these guys I played against for the first time, more of a, as a civilian, so to speak. Yeah, we go, hey, I remember so-and-so, you. You're spit- so-and-so. Oh, my God. Hey, how you doing? You know? I remember you spitting tobacco on my hand when I was down the stands, man. <laughs> <laughs> I did what now? The guy went, I remember you. You spit tobacco on my hand yeah. to get to get me to start a fight with you. That's pretty crafty there, man. But they had some. a lot of these teams had some good players just as well. You know, they really did. But anyway, Cooter and I would always experiment writing down, what if this, what if we do this, what if we do that. Hey, and, and Cooter really knew offense. He really did. So I picked up a lot from him. And one day I was pulling around on the paper. I think it was during uh, one, of the religion, one of the religion classes we had to take at school. Had to have something to do. Anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Or that was during the French class. Anyway, uh, I literally, my senior year, on the final exam for Fre- for the French class, I wrote a note to the teacher, please pass me. I promise I'll never take your class again. Oh, wow. <laughs> did it work? It sounds like it yeah. worked, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. So, so uh, Ernie, Ernie, sure. it's... it's uh, it's great that that you you had all these opportunities at, at Maryville College. Like, can you you kind of sum up? You you've you've now went back down to Savannah, right? You're 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 a businessman down in Savannah now, right? Yeah, I spent 32 years with the uh, Boy Scouts of America, oh, working wow. for them. And um, after that, or as after that, or during that whole time, mar- married a girl from Savannah area, and. Uh, we got to thinking about what we want to do long-term and uh, decided to make Savannah our home. And we started our first business, I don't know, uh, 12, 12 years ago or something like that, and uh, an auction house that's now an estate sale business. And since then, we've got a couple other things going. And uh, along the way, I love history, and I've been studying writing about history of Savannah for many years. And I have a lot of friends in the tour business here in town. And years ago, they said, "Clank, you know, you need to be, you need, you need to do tours. You're, you know, you know a lot about this town. Why don't you run a tour?" Arthur so, Walker really influenced you, didn't she? Yeah, history yeah, teacher. Yeah, some, some people used to say I was her, her illegitimate son, but <laughs> that, that's that was a total lie. <laughs> You'd do anything for an A. Yeah, I would. Not that far. <laughs> that's that's bad. Uh, but, <laughs> so you but, give you give ghost tours, right? Yeah, I give. I do pub crawls, and I tell I tell of the historic background and the haunted tales of Savannah in about a two hour walking tour, intermixed with stops at bars to get drinks. Now you said pub. What was pub the sec? Crawl. Spell the second one. Pub crawls. C R A W L S. Yeah, C R A W L S. So you're on your all fours giving these tours. I'll be honest. Well, we, the, we, actually, actually, the people going on them as much as they drink oh, are no. on their all fours. We we have spelled. Uh, you know, Ernie, I'll, I'll give you a little credit, man. Boone has asked you to spell more words on this interview than we ever have on a real show. So. <laughs> I, pr- I appreciate that you're ready for the uh what what do you call that what's the spelling bee what's the the big deal spelling bee 
the uh, what is that thing? What is that Internet. called? The state championship. We're just going to say bee. the international king of the world spelling bee. Like that's where where yep. Boone's getting you ready for. I was, well, help, you know, I was I helping our listeners. College, so I did learn more than just uh, write my name. Right. Well, you, you were really smart <laughs> for an athlete's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> what I heard. But uh, but Ernie, man, it's it's always fun catching back up with these uh, these former football players from Maryville College, former former people that that have made their their college days here in Maryville, but then have, have went abroad to do to do really good things. And and again, I appreciate the time. Uh, you calling in and again just kind of hamming it up with us a little bit, razzing Boone a little bit, and then of course remembering some really good times at Maryville College. You know, a uh, couple more things before we I can have another minute here. Go ahead. Uh, we're, I've been talking to Earl and uh, Randy Lambert and a bunch of the guys, and the uh, this fall homecoming we're going to do a special something we don't know exactly what yet but to uh commemorate the passing of lee one of our close teammates oh that's really good that's really good wall of famer great leader yep he was there every year had his own little area there you could you could just walk up to a certain area and there he was in that chair big smile on his face yep 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 you know he didn't miss a homecoming for years of course you know lee's son clay played there at marivale as well and uh, we had so the same jersey work. number and played the same position. What about that? Oh, really? Fifty-eight. I didn't know that. Well, Boone started out as a tight end. He had eighty-four for a little while. That's what uh, old, uh, old Tony laid out there on the on the. He he brought the uh, he brought the yearbook, Ernie. Hey, when they said give me the fourth team running back, man, I ran in there. <laughs> hey, it didn't matter who he's asking for. You just you know show you know be the first on the field. That's how you got to learn. That's how you got a chance to play and show up and, and, and show what you could do. Sometimes, sometimes you had to make your own luck. Hey, Ernie, Mark uh, Parsons is going to bring his chariots of hire uh, bus in there, and uh, it's going to be another big wing ding homecoming at Maribel College, twenty twenty. You know, twenty twenty is perfect vision. You know that, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that it's always great you, to come man. back, and, and you know, over the years, that whole area. On the uh, north side of the field, where they fixed up for tailgating, it's just so nice, you know. And it, it's a great chance to pick up and see people from many classes that we know people from, you know. And each year, it's a place you always know you can go and, and find an old friend, you know, and and and, and, and share memories and and act like you're uh, a lot younger for a day or two before you go back home. And, well, Ernie, uh, Wayne and I are going to come down there and go on a ghost tour, and you're going to tell us well, everything about Savannah. Exactly. Come on down. Then we'll, yeah, we'll, and we'll be glad to show you around and tell you where all the bodies are left buried. Now, can, <laughs> I, can I wear my orange down there in Georgia? Uh, you got a I, problem with that. <laughs> I knew it'd get real quiet when we do that, but uh, I'm just, I'm, I would like you know, to say I'm playing, but I'm probably not. <laughs> and, oh, and by the way, another little added fact. Uh, I have had the pleasure of knowing Sonny Siler for many years. And as you know, Sonny Siler is the gentleman that raised all the uh, Uggas mascots for oh, the really? University of Georgia. Well, that's, yeah. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I first met Sonny back in 92 and had a chance to meet over the years a number of Uggas. Yeah. I, and, uh, my, uh, Sonny, my was, Sonny was quite a character. He was even in a movie uh, that was about a book written written about savannah uh many years ago uh midnight garden of good and evil oh wow john cusack hey, uh no uh 
not John Cusack. Um, uh, that other guy. House of Cards. <laughs> uh, what was the what was the lead actor? Kevin in House of Spacey. Cards? Stacy. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Spacey. Ke- Kevin Spacey. Yeah. That's close. Yeah. That's close. But uh, John Cusack's a good guest, man. There you go. John that was close. Cusack. He kind of looked just a little bit the same. I swear, I believe he's, he, he's I believe just he a was, little taller and the face is different. That's really it, but I believe he difference. was. I swear, I believe he was in it. We'll double check. <laughs> he, he, might, he was behind <laughs> he the might camera. Have been I in promise. Some role. Oh, he was in it. He was the report. He was the reporter. He was don't, the person writing a book or Ernie, doing a story Ernie, about. Ernie, don't give don't give Boone an out. Boone doesn't need an out. No, I'm being legit here. I mean, sometimes even Boone actually knows what he's talking about. Hey, I can guarantee you, if he if he know if he's read it, he knows what he's talking about. Boone is a reader, man. He he flat gets. He's got a, a carload of books. His his car would weigh a thousand pounds less if he took all the books out of it. I get five well, miles know, per gallon when I, I drive around. College credit for all that stuff because it really set a didn't. And I think it was good in those days, and even today, it sent the right message. It don't matter what sport you play, are you performing academically? Because right. reality-wise, very few people go on to play sports at the professional level, and you you know, it prepared you for life after those sort of things. And and one of the best things Maribel taught you to do was study and learn and process and find out where dead bodies are. Oh. Yeah. And ghosts, you know, <laughs> got Ernie ready. Got Ernie ready. Well, Ernie, I sure appreciate. I sure appreciate your time. And again, uh, always like that. Uh, like that. You you kind of got the feel back, and and you uh, orchestrated that 40th anniversary, uh, that great time, that '76 team, and then of course, uh, hopefully, there'll be a great uh, remembrance there this season uh, for the passing of Lee. Well, thanks. And that was a lot of fun, and it's always a. It's a, always, always, always a blessing and, a, and a, a lot of fun coming up there and seeing everybody. So many people live in the area still that I went to school with or knew. See you at homecoming, bro. Yeah, I look forward to it, man. <laughs> All right, thanks, Ernie, for the call, and uh, and we'll we'll catch up later. Sounds good. Y'all have a good afternoon. All right, thanks, Ernie. All right. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. 
This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Booner as we grind it out here on a Wednesday edition of The Grind. But Boone, you know, um, good talk there just uh, yesterday afternoon with Ernie. He, he, you know, funny stories. Uh, he kind of cracks on you a little bit, kind of gives a, a little crack on himself. But a great, great conversation. Always appreciate uh, those those former players, former coaches uh, for coming in and talking to us. But, Boone, let's do a little start bench cut. A little start bench cut going to start off with uh, with some interesting ones because if you look at it, uh, it, it's one of those deals that we got to look at from a lot more uh, definition. And I think pre-draft, I, I think this is a really good start bench cut uh, because it's, it's one of those all these are interesting to me. Uh, and I think would be interesting to you. But start bench cut, more entertaining. College football signing day, NFL draft selection or selection Sunday for March Madness. So start one, bench one, cut one, NFL draft, college football signing day, and uh, NCAA March Madness. NCAA March Madness, you you can't beat it. it the perfect venue starting with – what 60 what's it up to 68 68 and you come down to one every day it changes fill up that's my start no no, just the selection sunday just that day so but you still probably my start too go ahead um passion for tennessee sports i'm gonna bench uh the college sports recruiting rather um what was the other cut? You gonna cut to the NFL draft? Yeah, it's it's out there a teeny bit. UT's closer to home, and um, just really excited about the uh, the NCAA's. I think that's a good that's a good point. I, I'm gonna go a little bit different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna start uh, the uh, the March Madness. Uh, I'm gonna bench the NFL draft, and then I'm gonna cut uh, signing day. And the reason I cut signing day is because really, you know, it, it kind of. On the flip of the coin, it kind of bugs me every year because it seems like Alabama, Georgia, or whatever, Clemson's getting all the love on the on the networks, and I've got to dig to find who you know Tennessee's signing. So that's why I kind of cut that side. But I like the NFL draft because all the great players that you hated because of who they played college for, they have an opportunity to gain some love from you because they may go to your NFL team. So I, I like that side of it. But you can't beat NCAA March Madness, the selection Sunday. You know you're in, but who are you going to play? That that whole fever pitch, you know, the, the videos of, of the teams in the, in the auditorium and then uh, getting to look at that uh, to see them excited about who they're going to play or being in there. Um, that's just really fun to watch. But, but Boone, start bench cut got it really cut today uh, as – that's pretty much where we're going to finish today. But I, I thought it was a really good show. Got to talk to Ernie a little bit. Get to kind of talk about some ghosts in Savannah. Get to talk about some running up the hills in Maryville. And then talk about Boone being very meek. And uh, and learn how to spell a few more words. 
But uh, Boone, it's a fun show. Always gonna uh, be excited about having those those former players in here, and uh, and we hope that there's a lot more. Again, want to appreciate uh, Ernie for for calling in, uh, for doing the interview, and expect him back sometime here in the fall. We'll uh, we'll do it again. But this has been the Wednesday edition. Don't miss tomorrow, draft day edition of the grind. You're listening if you're on your way to work or on your way home. Take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't want to miss it.